You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This podcast is part of the 76ers Podcast Network. Search 76ers Podcast wherever you get your pods. When it comes to someone like Doc Rivers, it's hard not to have preconceived notions about the guy. And in this case, that's a really good thing. He's universally respected, well-liked, accomplished, a great ambassador for the game. Then you meet him, and you find out real quick he is 100% the real deal. I want to win. I've coached long enough. I've won a title. Once you win one, you need another one. Not for legacy. I can care less about that because you need another one. You just want another one. That's my drive. That's what drives me. That's what gets me up in the morning. On the day that Doc was formally introduced as the 76ers' next head coach, we talked about a lot. From Grub? Yeah, I think I would be considered a foodie. To music? I'm a big Luther guy, and I'm a huge Teddy P guy. But mostly, his views on the team he's inheriting and his coaching philosophies. Accountability, discipline. The word I like using over all those is cooperation. And when you get that buy-in, that's how you do it. On this episode of the broadcast, we go one-on-one with Doc Rivers. I am excited, really excited, pumped, stoked. I want the season to start right now. (laughs) Gosh darn it. Doc Rivers is the next head coach of the Philadelphia 76ers, and I think you'll hear over the course of the next half hour, he's got a great vision for the franchise and just seems like an absolutely humble, grounded human being. And you can't have enough of those people around. I'm Brian Seltzer. Thank you very much for checking out this episode of the broadcast. Let us get right to it. Doc Rivers was formally introduced as the 76ers head coach in a virtual press conference on Monday at the 76ers training complex in Camden. And by the time I sat down with Doc later in the afternoon, he had already done about two and a half hours worth of talking basketball, whether in media interviews, his press conference with staff members, executives, So before he and I jumped into 
discussing hoops, his coaching philosophies, his outlook for the 76ers, I first wanted to ask him some icebreaker-style get-to-know-you type questions. If you're not coaching a basketball team or poring over your notes related to basketball, what are you interested in? What are some of the things you're trying to do? Well, if I'm not uh, working, you know, if it's the offseason, I'm, I'm golfing uh, for sure or traveling. I do like to travel, uh, but I do travel to golf, so it's all related. It's, it's funny. I'm not that good of a golfer. I just love to play golf, so uh, that would be my answer. Why do you love it? Uh, it takes, it's a great focus game. It, it really is. I play it during the season if I can. Um, you know, if it's when I was in Boston, I had a hitting studio in my house just to, it just, you have to focus to golf. And I thought it was great for me to get my mind off of my job because I do, uh, internalize my job. And so I think golf is the one thing that I have finally found to take my mind off of it, uh, which I think is very healthy. Have you ever golfed at any of the courses around here? I've golfed at a lot of the courses around here, actually. It's, it's, been, it's really my reputation of liking golf does not match up with my ability to golf. Uh, and so when it was announced that I was coming here, I got calls from people, friends that I've, I've known here, or people from L.A. connect me to people here. I've played Pine Valley. I've played Marion. I've played manufacturers. I've played the cricket club. So yeah, I've I've played here. What's your handicap? Uh, I don't I don't share my handicap, <laughs> but it's good. It's it's uh, it's it's a good handicap. Tremendous. I feel like one of the things I remember reading about when the articles came about how the Clippers were able to get Kawhi. You were at Nobu, yeah. and I wish that I could eat at restaurants like Nobu on the regular. But that got me wondering: Are you into food? Do you like? Yeah, that? I think I would be considered a foodie. Um, you know, uh, some of my friends from Philly have already sent me a list of restaurants. Uh, yeah, I am a foodie. Do you have any uh, favorite types of food, cuisines? You know, uh, I, I love sushi uh, and different types of sushi. Uh, I love Spanish food, actually. I love uh, tapas uh, and paella. Uh, and there's no American that doesn't eat great Italian restaurants. So I got a feeling I'll do well here in that regard. Tell me about, you know, your, your life with your family. How much does family mean to you? Well, family's the world. You know, um, my ex and I are still very good friends. I have four kids, um, and they're the world. I'm a grandfather two times over, and Austin uh, did his, uh, what is his gender reveal thing yesterday, and now I'm going to have uh, another grandson. So I have two grand boys, two grandsons, and one uh granddaughter um there is parenting is awesome i have four kids three boys one girl but grandparenting is on another level it, it is I, I tell you there's nothing better um than winning a game or even losing a game and your daughter knowing that you're really happy or sad and she can send you a picture and your day changes um so that's been fantastic for me Music. Are you into music? Do you have uh, music? Yeah, music? I don't okay. have a favorite or, or a, a genre. I, you know, I grew up, I worked in a record store, uh, a real record store. Fun virus. You play 45s and, and, and albums, and, you know, every, every time someone walked in, you had to put the needle on, and they had to listen to it for 15 seconds. Young people have no idea what I'm talking about, uh, but it was a great experience, uh, and, and I love jazz, 
Uh, I love everything. I'm a big music guy. Every every game, I, I play. I make a, a song list, uh, and I play it going to every game. Really? Can you give us just maybe a sampling of some of the artists you want oh to find? Oh my God! Uh, I'll go old because I, I'm a big Luther guy. Uh, you know, it's funny. My players laugh at me because I, I'll play slow music sometimes in on the floor, and they're like, "We're going to sleep." I said, "No, it's getting you. It's getting you where it needs to get you." You know. So, and I'm a huge Teddy P guy. So uh, he's a Philly guy. That's right. That's right. So yeah, I'm, I'm a big music guy. You can never go wrong with some Luther and Teddy Pendergrass in your life. That is a fact. Doc and I then shifted our chat to basketball and how in an amazingly swift and dramatic turn of events, he ended up as head coach of the 76ers after seven strong seasons with the L.A. Clippers. Do you feel like you're running on oxygen right now? Have you had a chance to catch your breath over the last seven days? No, I haven't caught my breath yet. You know, it's funny. Uh, I'm going so fast right now that I don't sleep. You know, you can't sleep because your mind's on. You know, we got a lot of work to do. We, we really do. Um, and I'm, I'm a worker. And so um, right now, I just feel like I have a lot to do. And so I'm just going to work through it and then get my rest. Well, what did you like viewing from the opposite sideline about the 76ers? Their size, uh, their versatility. Uh, I think this team, uh, Ben, what is Ben? Exactly. No one can tell you. Uh, Tobias, you see a three or a four. Uh, Joel, you can play him at the five. Can you play him at the four? Can you go big? Can, you know, uh, his skill set is of a five and a four and a three. Um, Josh, what is he? You know, you go down the list. And they have a lot of guys that are, to me, what I call ballers. Um, and they don't really have a position. Uh, I love positionless teams. And so that's, that's the appeal for me. Other than Joel is going to be your five. You know, other than that, everyone else is, is in flux. Can you walk me through the evolution of just kind of how things went, like when you got the first call from the 76ers when you heard from them just maybe thinking of this as like a narration of how a viewer or a listener might hear the story of how this all came together on yeah so i get a call um i get released from the clippers right and um within six hours my agent calls actually the, when i called my agent to tell him he said well i i have three teams um that have expressed interest if this happens uh would you like me to call them and I said, I'd rather take a day and just relax. And within four hours, he calls me back. Well, they've already called, and now they all want you to come down. And I, I won't say the team's names, obviously, but I asked if one of them was the 76ers. And he said, yeah. I said, that's the one I want to take. Um, I want to come down and talk to them. Uh, they flew me down. I don't remember days. Uh, within 48 hours. Um, and we met. And, you know, within another 24 hours, we agreed. I mean, it was the quickest hiring, firing, hiring ever. Uh, so it's, it's all good. Let's focus on the hiring part. Why do you think it came together that quickly? What were the factors? I think there work? are a lot of good factors. One, I wanted it. And, and uh, two, they wanted me, you know. Um, I think our discussion went great. You know, when uh, I, I was very honest coming here. I didn't come here uh, begging. I came here telling them what I saw, uh, what I thought needed to be done uh, for us to have a chance and, and listen to what they saw. Uh, and I was very honest with them. I said, if you don't 
see that vision than be honest with me because I don't want to come somewhere where you have a different vision. Um, I want to win. I have no, I've coached long enough uh, and uh, I've won a title, right? And once you win one, you need another one. Just not for legacy. I can care less about that because you need another one. You just want another one. And uh, that's my drive. That's what drives me. That's what gets me up in the morning. Can you maybe put into terms for the layperson what that feeling is like, like the itch, the, the need to feel that experience it's, it's, again? It's the best feeling in the world, winning. Um, it's the hardest thing you'll ever do, winning. Um, and the feeling of it is that not you did it, we did it. Um, and when you reach that, there's no feeling in the world that, that can copy watching young men cry, jump around, emotion, uh, because they know they did something extraordinary outside the box. Uh, and you want, you want to go through that again. How do you make the we happen? Oh, gosh. You talk about it every day. It's habits, um, you know, accountability every single day, discipline. Um, the word I like using over all those is cooperation. Um, when you have a group of players, uh, ownership, uh, staff, Everyone has to cooperate from the trainer down, uh, and that one can't. And when you get that buy-in, that's how you do it. You just mentioned accountability. I was also probably very creepily lurking through your Twitter timeline, and I saw a retweet from the author John Gordon, who I actually think that some of the employees with the 76ers and HBSC, when we first get here, we have to read some of these leadership books. And I, I think we read the one He's that you tweeted a good about. Friend. Is he really? Yeah, we go to dinner a lot. We share thoughts a lot. Yeah. And he's got some really poignant ones, and one's about culture, about like the most important part of your job as a leader is to drive the culture. So it sounds like accountability is one thing. What are some of the other things that make up the goods of culture? Consistency. You know, you, you, need, you need that. You have to have consistent habits uh, every day uh, to drive culture. And, and the biggest thing that I think people miss is, is care. People, like, why am I going to buy into a culture that doesn't care for me? Uh, and so... You have to prove to them first. You have to love them first before they're going to love you back. And, and I think that's the most important part. When did you realize that? I mean, is that something that, like, when you were playing, has that always been a part of no, you? No, it hasn't. I wish I had have known that as a player. I, 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 told, I think late in my career playing for Pat Riley and listening to him talk, uh, I always thought I had bought in. I really did as a player. I always thought, man, I'm, I'm a player that had bought in. And then when you play from Pat Riley, he asks for more. Uh, and when you buy into that, you realize you really never bought in in the past. Uh, and once you do that, you understand what that looks like. Um, it sounds like Pat Riley is a name that you could put on a list of people who have inspired you or influenced yeah. you. Who are some other people? It could be within basketball, outside yeah, of basketball. parents, obviously. Uh, my dad was a cop, you know, uh, in Chicago. Uh, you know, he was in the era of community cops. You know, he, he was the basketball coach, football coach, baseball coach. Uh, people would bring people by uh, just so he could sit and talk to them about life. You know, he was, he was very important in, in the community I grew in. Uh, and my mom is, is, was my favorite. I mean, she was a very religious assembly line worker, you know. Uh, but she had this thing, both about no victims. You know, you're never going to be a victim. Uh, I don't care what they did, just keep... Keep it going. She was a big believer in keeping it moving. I could, you couldn't, you just could not come in and blame something in my household. It wasn't going to happen. 
Uh, it was your fault because it happened. Now move on. That was my parents. Um, but then I had great coaching. I had Larry Brown as a coach, Mike Fratello as a coach, Rick Majerus, and now McGuire. I'm the luckiest player to play uh, because I never, I always play for great coaching. And uh, I think all that stuff is what probably formed my, my thoughts now. How will some of these influences inspire and inform Doc's visions for the Sixers? Understandably, having just accepted the gig a few days earlier and not having had a whole lot of time to dive deep into personnel and film, he didn't want to make any hard, fast commitments when we spoke, but he did have some initial thoughts. And we began by looking at the franchise's two cornerstone all-stars, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, who last February, when the Clippers were in town, Doc likened to the Lakers' former Hall of Fame tandem of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Magic Johnson. I feel like I heard some people bring this up with you already about the comments you made about Ben and Joel and the Magic and Kareem semi-comparison. You know, I did it for because it was more about who they are uh, as, their, as, as far as personality. Like, I thought Magic and Kareem, you couldn't pick two more different human beings. Uh, Kareem rarely spoke. You know, very quiet. Uh, very analytical player in, in, in some ways. Um, did not want to play fast break, wanted to walk the ball up the floor, wanted you to wait for him, and then got down, you threw it to him. And then you have Magic, who wanted to fly down the floor, who had personality and joy and smiling, wanted to play at a fast pace, threw behind the backpack. I mean, there was, you couldn't have had two more opposite players that fit perfect. And, and that's the point. Of, that's why I made it. Uh, well, no, you can be completely opposite games and you can absolutely fit and that was the, that was what I was the point I was trying to make and I'll admit it too when I was listening to the introductory press conference you have like I didn't think of Ben and Joel in terms of well when they play together they win 65 percent no. of their games I mean maybe sometimes it's just that simple obviously there's a lot more layers to it but, but it is that simple in some ways like we we we, we start dissecting these guys to the point where we forget what they do great uh you have two guys that whenever they play together win 65% of the games and all you hear about is what they don't do. Uh, and that's insane to me. Um, you can score 135 points in a game and all you hear about is that Ben didn't take a three. I, I thought the, the idea was to score a lot of points as a team. And I didn't know that there were style points, you know, that if certain this guy had this many points, I don't care how we score. I just know we need to. And, and so that's my focus with this team. You and Joel went to Basketball Without Borders together yeah. a few years ago. Yeah. How did you guys, what was that Basketball Without Borders Basketball experience? Without Borders is something every person that is involved in the NBA needs to find time to do. It, it was uh, life-changing. It's amazing to go uh, watching Joel over there and just all the, the African-born players over there. Uh, that part was amazing, the love that they get. But more importantly, it's this country that, that wants to find their way uh, through basketball. Uh, it, was, it was really powerful. I actually ran a play-by, uh, Joey. I was, I've, you know, my brain is on a lot, too much, as my coaches would say. And I was watching these kids play, and I saw somebody do something. And I grabbed Joel say, hey, I want to try something out. I want to what do you think if we did this in a game? He started looking at me laughing. Uh, and that was really my first time meeting him. 
That's got to be the craziest thing as a head coach, because you have to think, even if you're on the other side, well, what if I ever got a chance to work with this oh, guy, you, right? You, you think it all the time. What if I get a chance to coach this guy? Or, or even that, you, you just see, man, this guy can do this. You know, what if he did this? You know, it, it never turns off. How much have you even been able to start to think about stylistic things on the court, offensively, defensively, and what you see? Not a lot. Doing? You know, I have because I had to think about taking the job, but that's where it stopped. So I've, I've watched a little film. I will uh, admit to that. I'm probably the only one who's watching film right now. Uh, but other than that, uh, I, I'm not sure yet uh, how we're going to play. I just know I have goals now that. Uh, offense and defensive goes. Uh, I think we were 19th in offense last year. We can't be that and win. I think we have to be in the top seven. Uh, and how we get there is what we have to do next. Just because I'm curious, when you watch film, do you look at, are you a good tape guy? Do you like to watch good tape, bad tape, or stuff in between? Well, in golf, I like to watch my bad swings. Uh, in basketball, I like to watch both. Um, I love watching good in basketball because it shows me what they're capable of. Uh, but bad because it shows me their habits. Tobias, you referenced him earlier. What do you think worked when he was in L.A. with you guys? He put up some terrific numbers. Yeah, I gave him freedom, number one. I'm a big believer in freedom because with freedom comes actually more, you're more accountable uh, to your teammates. If I'm going to give you the freedom, then you can't lose that by taking bad shots and playing the wrong way. I think uh, I also, I thought I really got him to understand who he was uh, and what he was. Uh, and, and once he bought into that, it was easy for him to play free because he knew his shots, his way, and we allowed him to do it. Have you, it sounds like it's, you've kept in touch with him a little bit, but have you followed what he's been doing off the court since he left you guys? Not to suggest that he didn't do it in previous stops, yeah. but at least here with us, we've seen front and center how he's really taken leadership by the horn. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I didn't know if he was a leader or not because we had such a, uh, a transient team, I guess would be the best way because people were going in and out of the door. Uh, but I know he wanted to be. And, and so that's the start. I love to hear that. Another leader within the 76ers organization, Elton Brand. And hiring Doc Rivers marked the culmination of his first coaching search. It's hard to argue with the outcome as Brand and the Sixers were able to land the second winningest active head coach in the NBA. Brand and Rivers crossed paths a handful of times as players and coach respectively on opposite sidelines. But now they're together, entering into a pivotal partnership. Something I spoke to Elton about was... He said to me, I'm probably going to butcher this story, but he remembered when he was playing at some point during his career, like he was passing by you on the sideline and you said like lighten up or like have some fun or yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, tell me in your words, what relationship, did you have much of a relationship you know, with Elton when, when he was funny, playing? I don't know Elton well until, you know, we're, we're getting to know each other, but that's a true story. I'm watching him on the floor and he just looked so mad and, you know, it was late in my career and I was just starting to coach and I was like, enjoy it man like it's a great game I, I do think we lose light of that you know I see our, our players now uh, not having fun uh, I, I, I gotta tell you competing as a player there's there's nothing better there's nothing better than a hard just nasty fought out game of competition I don't even call it basketball I call it a game of competition and uh, you know to the victors goes the spoils and, and if you know that while you're in the competition, you'll play harder. The symbolism of 
black general manager, black head coach. Yeah. What does that mean to you? It means a lot. Um, you know, when I, when I leave this place um, and decide to go off to some faraway golf course, um, my goal is it to be said that Elton Brand is the best GM in sports. That's my goal. Why is that? I think it's important. Uh, I do. It's, I, I take it seriously. Um, we don't have a lot of black GMs or, or black front office people. Um, and if he's successful, then someone else can be. Uh, if he's successful, then uh, uh, we'll have a woman who's a GM. Uh, then we, we got to just take away the fear of that. Uh, and so I'm, I'm, I really want Elton to do well. I think it's my job to help him, and I'm going to try to do that. Give us a sense. I know that you said that you haven't been able to dive too deep into X's and O's yet, but do you have a timeline in mind by, like, let's say next week I want to be here, and by the end of the month I want to be there? That's a good question. I want to have my coaching staff in place. That's going to be hard. That means Elton's going to be on the call talking to agents, and that's not anything I would suggest do. Uh, But so that would be my first goal is to get the staff in place. Uh, By Friday, I would have talked to probably by tomorrow, I want to have at least talk to everybody by phone. Uh, and then my next step is I'm going to start flying around where these guys are. Um, I've already talked to uh, Al about going to Atlanta. That's where he lives in the offseason. Just sitting down at the dinner table, man, um, talking basketball, talking vision. I think they have to see a vision. Um, and, and my job is to, to, to show them that vision. Two things to follow up on there. First, reaching out to players in the immediacy now. I mean, obviously, we're in such a different world for so many different reasons. But in this COVID distance world that yeah. we're in, I mean, I, I figure in, in a normal world, maybe you'd have a full roster here to welcome you on your first yeah, day. So it, what do you do it, now? It is harder. You know, uh, in the normal world, first of all, we would have had the big media scrum. But the um, player stuff is harder. You know, they, it, the two things that are harder right now that I have seen already taking a new job is due to COVID, everyone's gone, you know, and you have to find them. Um, and, and I think that's, that, that's very hard. And also due to COVID, um, it's, it's, you don't know when the season starts. Uh, that's very difficult for a player and a coach uh, to know when to ramp it up. And to circle back on your assistance in general, what do you look for in a staff? You've had some great assistance over the years. Um, I always say my staff, you have to be a fighter to be in my staff. Um, if, if you are somebody who's telling me what I want to hear, uh, it's not going to work on my staff. I want live debate. I do. Um, and it's funny, every time I bring in a new coach, they're very uncomfortable with it. Uh, because I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to disagree with you sometimes when I think you're right. I just think I need guys to tell me the truth. So whatever the date or general range of time is, let's imagine a great world in which you've got 20,000 people in South Philadelphia, you've played in that environment, you've coached in that environment, you get to where you guys want to go. Like, what do you, what do you hope to bring this fan base? Consistent play, hard play, um, team play. I, I, there's nothing better for a fan than when you walk out on the floor, you say, dang, they play together. Man, they play hard. Man, they play together. If you can get that, you're in great shape. Did any of the fans get in your mentions on Twitter? I know you're on there. Did you check the mentions at all? Were they, uh, did they? It's funny. I am the worst Twitter user ever. 
Um, and, and Instagram, you know, I got on, my daughter works at CAA. She told me I needed to get on. I don't check anything. I, I, I mo mainly got on because I wanted to start creating social, you know, education. And so I use it for that. Now I actually, I'll post something every once in a while. But as far as the mentions, the, what is it, likes, I think they are. And I don't even know how you find those things uh, because I don't, one thing I don't do, I, I, I won't read any of the comments. I think that's a very healthy and mindset. And I've heard that's very healthy. <laughs> <laughs> Vital, valuable life insights from Doc Rivers that we should all internalize, apply, and practice. Stay out of the mentions. But I'm the type of guy who cannot do as I say, <laughs> and I go into the mentions. But it has seemed like for the last 24, 48 hours, even going back to last week, the vibes are all good, really positive. People are excited to have Doc Rivers as the next head coach of the Sixers. And it's just one guy's opinion right here. But after listening to him talk for about 30 minutes on life, basketball, and other such things, it is hard not to feel that way. Just a, uh, a really exciting time for the Sixers to have someone of Doc Rivers' caliber and level of accomplishment in the fold as head coach. We're going to have more reaction to the hiring of Doc Rivers on the 76ers Podcast Network feed in the days ahead. Stay tuned for a conversation with Elton Brand, the man who was able to get Doc Rivers here to Philadelphia. And also we're going to have our Vote 76 miniseries. We have registration deadlines fast approaching within the local Delaware Valley area in Delaware, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. So our hope is that some of these conversations Shed light on resources you can use heading into the registration deadlines and, of course, the November 3rd election. I'm Brian Seltzer. Talk to you next time. See you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. This message comes from Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive, with no children and no casinos. Discover more at Viking.com.